Welcome to C3 Belconnen. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Nick Hind. Hey, what a privilege to speak to you at the start of a brand new year. Uh, I'm so excited for all that 2021 holds. I'm not going to do the preacher thing and say this is going to be your best year yet because someone probably said it to you at the start of 2020 and uh, you're still getting over that. But I'm excited about how we position ourselves for all that God has for us in this coming year. And with that thought in mind, I want to take us to Ephesians chapter 6 as we get ready to finish up our series on the new normal. And uh, it wasn't the original plan of this series, but I kind of love the idea that we are carrying something over from 2020 into 2021, but the same way we're wrapping something up. And uh, I want to unpack that a little bit further. We've been walking through the book of Ephesians and seeing how Paul writes to the church as in that area and to us to this day about what it means to be brand new creations in Christ, that we are, we are transformed, right? We have a brand new life because of what Jesus has done. We're called into new community. We have a new calling. We are part of a new family. We have a new nature. We've put off the old and put on the new. And uh, we spoke in the last couple of weeks about the new relationships that we walk in, the way God has reshaped all of those things. And today, I want to talk to you about a new position. I want to talk to you about the way we are positioned in Christ as overcomers for all that we are going to face in life. And our text for today is Ephesians chapter 6. We're wrapping this one up and we're picking up from verse 10. It says this, a final word. I love that thought, right? We're wrapping up this series with a final word, but this is also our launching point for 2021. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground and putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the gospel of peace that comes from the good news so you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me, Paul writes. I ask, ask God to give me the words so I can boldly explain His mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassador. So pray that I'll keep speaking boldly for Him as I should. What an amazing passage. And as I said earlier, this is, this is both an end to 2020 and a launch for us into 2021. I'm believing that this is actually a prophetic declaration over our church, over our homes and over your life, that you're going to stand firm, that you're going to step into this brand new year, not, you know, not in some sort of false energy, not just pretending, hey, that a date on the calendar is 
switched over and so everything's better or different, but reminded of the new position you take in Jesus Christ as a follower of His, that, that you live from the fullness of life and power in Jesus, not from our own strength. There is an old way of living, right? And not that we have just had an adjustment. There was an old way and there is a brand new way. We've, we've heard it multiple times over this series that we put off the old and we put on the new. We don't just add Christ to our lives. We walk in a brand new way. But there's nothing more the enemy would like than to cause you to fall back into old ways of thinking, to talk you out of what God has done. In fact, I've found that is so often the work of the enemy in the life of a believer. What the devil wants to do is to convince you to believe less than God's best for your life. Isn't it amazing that you can have a whole bunch of things going well, but then one little thing can knock you and change your entire perspective? That's what the enemy wants to do. He's a defeated foe. Okay, let's just say that again. The devil is a defeated foe. He's a conquered and vanquished enemy. Jesus Christ triumphed, Colossians tells us, over the evil powers on the cross. He publicly humiliated them on the cross. The devil is a defeated foe who likes to puff himself up and make him seem more important than he is. And he will piggyback on circumstances. He will try and drag you down to his level. This passage actually says the devil is wily. He has schemes and plans. He is crafty and he's working out ways to talk you and I out of what God has for us. But you have a brand new life. You are a part of a new community. You have a new calling and a new nature. So let's walk in those things. I want to tell you, first of all, that in Christ, you have strength to resist the works of the enemy. I love the way the Passion Translation uh, takes this first verse in verse 10 here and really expands and elaborates on it. And this is how it goes. It says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. What an amazing picture that gives us. Remember, Ephesians is all about who we are in Christ. And we are united with him. We are infused with strength because of our union with Christ Jesus. So the power that we stand in, the power we resist the enemy with, is not our power, it is his and these, these adjectives here is an explosive power. Stand with the victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. That the original language word there is dunamis, the explosive, the that's the word we get dynamite from. The dynamite, explosive, disruptive power of God at work in your life. You know what this means? That we're not just shouting and railing at the enemy, we're not just protesting the actions of the enemy. This has been a year of protest. This has been a year of people shouting at the world on social media and trying to get attention. You are not doing that. You are standing firm in God and, in, and partaking of His explosive power. In Jesus Christ, you are nothing less than an overcomer. This power and strength has already been spoken of. In fact, not only does Paul finish this letter with it, he started this letter with it in Ephesians chapter 1. We read, this is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. This is the same mighty power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above, now listen to this, far above any rule, authority, 
power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He has put everything under his feet and made him head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything, everywhere with his presence. Isn't that an incredible thing? This is the same mighty power that was invested in Christ that we are called to stand in. Now, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we, we sometimes might struggle to, how do, how do we imagine a, a power that we cannot see? How do we uh, um, understand these enemies that we may not be able to see, fighting with weapons that we, we cannot necessarily see? Well, well, I've discovered that my kids have no trouble imagining weaponry that is out of this world. They love Star Wars movies with lightsabers and laser guns and all sorts of other things, but we so easily forget the things that we cannot see. It's so important for us to remember the realities of the battle that we fight. It's not against flesh and blood. So often we, we are fighting against each other and we've dropped our sights. We've, we've become less aware that we're actually fighting against spiritual enemies, that the enemy is at work. He's a cunning adversary. We're told to be on guard against the wiles and the schemes of the devil. It says in verse 12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities. And just listen to the, the particular language of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. To me, that covers just about everything. It's talking, uh, I feel, about, about the unseen world, right? About what is below us, about the mighty powers in this dark world, what is around us. And again, evil spirits in heavenly places. This battle rages. It is a cosmic battle between the forces of good and evil. This is a, a, a cosmic battle, but we are on the winning side, right? We are, we are accesses of Jesus overcoming victory as we are united with him. And here's the thing. While that, that battle rages and covers everything, listen to what Romans 8 says from verse 37. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. This is our starting point, that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. That although the battle rages around us, we are firmly planted in Him. That, that command is echoed over and again, stand firm. That when all the battle is done, you will be still standing. So often we're trying to take ground or we're trying to push into things, but there's a strength in just knowing how to stand firm in what God is doing. And as, as the apostle writes this, he, he, he takes pains to remind people of the armor, of, of what it is that we have to put on in Jesus Christ. Now, he's writing this from prison. Quite likely, he's literally, as penning, penning this, this uh, letter, he's potentially looking out from his cell and seeing daily troops geared up in all of their armor. And so he tells them to put on all of God's armor, to put on all that God makes available to uh, us so he'll be able to res resist the enemy. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on peace that comes from the good news, so you'll be fully prepared. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And talk about these things just briefly so that we understand how we can stand in this brand new position. First of all, he says, put on all of God's armor. Here's a question, where, where have you neglected to suit up on? 
Where is your weak spot, perhaps? Where might you be malnourished or, or neglectful? Where is there a chink in your armor? Where have you, uh, you know, not focused? Where have you allowed the wrong thinking into your world? Where have you begun to accept less than God's best for you? Is, are you so dry in God's word that you've got no, no ammunition on the inside of you? Are we weak in prayer and feeling disconnected uh, from God? Are we, are we listening to the lies of the enemy, not God's truth? And that's affecting the way that we can stand. You see, the first thing that we're told to do is put on the whole armor. You know what? Christ is the armor. Romans 13 verse 14 reminds us that we put literally put on Christ. All through Ephesians, we're told that we are in Christ. Christ is truth. Christ is righteousness. He is peace. He is faith. He is salvation. And He is the Word. Jesus is the Word of God. We stand firm in Him. It says we start with this belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. This belt that is being spoken about here was, was really the hinge point of everything. It was where all the armor connected into it was like a tool belt where the uh, the sword hung off and the armor attached to this truth that jesus said in john 8 would set us free if we know it this truth that jesus said literally existed in him he said i am the way the truth and the life this truth that undergirds everything is who we are in him that you are redeemed you are bought with a price you are made right with god if Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, never let go of that truth. That is the unshakable core of who we are as followers of Christ. We're not just morally repaired. We are not just fixed up a little bit. We're not just uh, people who go along to church or follow in traditions. We are made brand new. We are new creations in Jesus Christ. The truth is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It says here to put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is what covers us. We, we put on Christ, right? We are, we are robed in Him. We are covered by His righteousness. You're not making the grade because of your good efforts, all right? You are made righteous and holy by the blood of Jesus Christ, not by your own efforts. You have not been able to live up to God's standards. You cannot. I cannot. There is no way we can earn this. We put it on. We walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ because we are forgiven and set free as we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. You've got to understand that when you accept Jesus Christ, when you invite Him into your life, you are made brand new. There is a new truth. You are covered in His righteousness. God doesn't look on, on your sin. He looks on Jesus' perfection when He looks at you as you name the name of Jesus Christ. Satan is a liar. But Jesus is truth. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Resist that. He'll try and talk you out and tell you you've got to earn your salvation. Tell you, tell you you've fallen short over and over again. You don't deserve what God has done. The, the devil is a liar. He will try and accuse and attack. But we stand covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Imparted by the, the Holy Spirit and His ongoing work in our lives. Partner with the Holy Spirit. This year, allow Him to bring you more and more into the likeness of your Savior, Jesus. It says that we put on the shoes of peace. These are shoes that are the peace that comes from the good news of the gospel, ready for any situation because you know and you carry the good news about Jesus Christ, which means peace with God and peace with others. That means that there's no clashing and comparing. There's no competing and complaining. Peace has come into your heart by the good news. 
Your feet are shod with this peace. You have an ability as you walk into situations to bring peace. You are a carrier of the good news. You are a recipient, but you are a carrier of this good news as well. This, this peace is evidence of God at work in your life and in my life. The devil is a destroyer. He wants to come and disrupt and confuse, but Jesus comes to bring peace. He said, I give you peace. It's a gift from heaven. Put on these shoes of peace. Instead of being in conflict with others, you can live at peace with them because you are at peace with God. You don't have anything to prove. You are loved by Jesus. You pick up the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. You know, Satan is the, the source of unbelief and doubt. His favorite question is, oh, is that really what God has said? He tries to lead people into doubt and to deception by questioning God's truth. You and I need the shield of faith. You need to be able to say, no, that's not who God says I am. No, that's not what I understand about my Savior. No, that's not what I understand uh, about who I am in Jesus Christ. We use this shield of faith. You know what? Uh, it, it puts out the fiery darts. What are arrows and darts? They are long-range weapons. They are small things that are sent our way from a distance by an enemy that we, who doesn't want to engage with us physically. I've found so often that's what the devil does. Is that he'll take pot shots from a distance. You'll be doing okay and then this thought lobs into your mind. This doubt creeps in. This circumstance happens and then all of a sudden with that swirl up these emotions and challenges. That's, that's the enemy throwing these fiery darts at us. We've got to become experts with the shield of faith. Saying, no, that's not what God says about me. And the thing about those darts, those arrows, is that each, each one is small, but maybe like a, a swarm of bees, it might look like a small thing, but you put a whole bunch of them together and it can be disorienting and confusing. I found so often that's what happens in my world. Some little thing might go wrong and then it feels like another thing piggybacks on it and all of a sudden there's this swirl and swarm of thoughts and I'm in doubt and I'm in fear and I'm backing away. When in those moments, uh, those things the devil's trying to magnify, I need to be magnifying Jesus. I need to be grounded in God's promises and speaking out words of faith and saying, no, that's not what God says about me. I'm an overcomer because of what Jesus has done. This helmet of salvation, well, that's what matters most, right? This is the protection. This is the thing which secures us, that salvation has been won for us in Jesus Christ. Right? I'm not just uh, winning if everything is going right. I have already won because I have salvation in Jesus Christ. My name is written in the book of life. I have received him as my Lord and Savior and I'm made right with him. This, this is like a, a helmet to protect the mind. Our, our mind is fixed on Christ and on his return, on, on his work in our lives. I'm not doubting. I'm not turning back to the old way I've got this brand new way of thinking about this helmet of salvation cannot be taken away from me. And then the final thought in this equipping is, is a weapon, the only offensive weapon uh, mentioned here. It is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's do some quick revision about this. 2 Corinthians 10 forces our weapons of warfare are not of flesh, but they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Don't lose sight of the power of the word of God. 
Don't let it just become a, a cliched idea in your mind. Get familiar with God's promises. You know, these are, are weapons that we wage war with, but it's not just externally, it's internally as well. This Word of God is living and active. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I need the Word of God in my spirit so that I can even fight the thoughts and the, and the strange desires of my heart that are not right. I can say, no, that's not what God says. This is what God says about me. Though That's not right, that, that feeling, that desire. I'm going to subdue that and, and call it to submit to the knowledge of Jesus Christ in my life. You know, this is the way that Jesus fought the enemy. When the devil tempted him, and we read this in Luke chapter 3 and 4, as, as Jesus is, is commissioned for ministry, as he's taken out into the desert, he's tempted by the, the devil, he rebukes and he resists the devil with the word of God. The devil tries to talk him out of, of who he is in God. And Jesus is able to just fight back with the sword of the Spirit, with the word of God. The word of God is eternal. It is powerful. It is living, it's breathing, it's sharp, it's relevant. It is our daily bread. The reality is this, that Satan cannot stand against the word of God. You can declare the word. You can write it out. You can memorize it. You can sing it. You can speak it. You can declare it over your life, over your family, over your home. The word of God is powerful. It never returns void. It has incredible effectiveness in our lives. The Word of God transforms. It washes us clean. Make this year the year you grow more than ever before in the Word of God. Make a commitment to get more of God's Word in your life, to be fueled up. Imagine if you'd come into the challenges of 2020 more than filled up with God's promises, with His Word. I bet every single one of us had moments of doubt and fear, frustration and confusion throughout this Word. You know what that that this year, you know what that means? That the level of God's word in our lives needs to rise in proportion to the challenges that we face. Let's go deep in God's word this year together. Let's be making it central in our homes, in our connect groups, in our personal devotional lives. Let's just hang out and be hungry for God's word. Allow it to fill us up. It's all that we need. His word, his presence in our lives. And I love the challenge of the conclusion of, of this passage, the challenge to rise as warriors in prayer. Let me read to you the end of this passage. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can explain his mysterious plan. So pray that I will keep speaking boldly for him. What an encouragement to finish uh, in prayer, but also an encouragement to start in prayer. Let's be warriors of prayer. Let's make 2021 a year of deepening prayer in our lives. Let's have a fresh commitment, not only to the word, but to prayer, to laboring in prayer, to praying with one another, to gathering as we uh, pray later uh, this month as a church. We always start our year with prayer and fasting. Let's make this the most incredible season of prayer and fasting we've ever had. What kind of prayer does the Bible talk about here? It says, first of all, pray in the Spirit. Let's understand that this is passionate, powerful, effective prayer. Not limited to our, our minds, not limited uh, by, by our understanding, our vocabulary, not dependent on words, but constantly effective. This prayer is not just our needs. It is spirit to spirit, connecting with God. This is prayer empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
Maybe that's something you're familiar with, maybe not so much. I would love to think that this year would be a year where you learn and grow and understand about praying in supernatural languages, praying in the Spirit, understanding that there are ways we can pray that beyond our vocabulary and our understanding, but literally our spiritual connections with God, heart to heart. We can pray in ways that we're not even aware of what we're praying, and yet God is working in and through us in a powerful way. I don't want my prayer life to be limited by my thoughts and my vocabulary. I want to pray in tune with the Holy Spirit. It says to pray for one another, discerning what's going on and praying in support of one another, overcoming together, uniting in prayer for kingdom impact. Let's rally together in prayer like we never have before. Pray in things in your connect groups. Pray in healing for one another. Pray in breakthrough. Pray in into difficult circumstances. Let's pray restoration into marriages, restored relationships. Let's pray financial breakthrough. Let's pray for God's work to break out in our lives, in our communities, in our neighborhoods as we pray for one another. Now, I'm going to be bold here and pick up a leaf out of Paul's book. He says, pray for us. I want to ask you guys, hey, please pray for us. Pray for, pray for us as your pastors. Pray for your connect group leaders. Pray for the pastors. Pray for your bosses. Pray for those who are in positions of leadership and authority. Children, pray for your parents. Uh, of course, let's all pray for, for one another. We pray for you guys. We love you guys. But let's be praying for those who lead us as well. The, the, the challenges and the burdens that go along with that. We, our hearts desire to lead you guys well. Please, please pray that, that we do that to the best of our ability with God's empowerment. And let's pray finally for boldness in sharing the good news about Jesus Christ, about all that he's done. That's, pre- that's Paul's kind of conclusion there. He, he, he says, pray that I would continue to share the good news about Jesus. I just want to declare over your home, over our church, over your life right now, this is a, a, a year of overcoming. This is a year where we take up our new position in Christ. This is a year of prayer. This is a year of power in the word of God. This is a year where we go from strength to strength. We take ground for the kingdom of God. We're going to stand against the work of the enemy in your lives. You're not going to bow to doubt and to fear, but with truth and and righteousness that you wear in Jesus Christ, you're an overcomer. You can face all things. You can stare them down. You can stand firm because of what God has done. This is not just a wrap up of this series. This is a down payment, a deposit on this brand new year of faith that God is calling us into. I'm just so thrilled to be sharing this with you today at the start of this brand new year. I hope it's encouraged you and helped you. Maybe it's challenged you to step into faith. Maybe it's challenging you for the first time to step into a relationship with Jesus. I'd love to pray for you right now if you want to do that. If you want to find out more about this empowered life of faith in God, where you can resist the enemy, when you can stand strong, please let us know you want to take that step. Connect with us using those options on the screen there. We'd love to pray with you right now, but I'm going to do it. We'd love to pray with you online, but I want to pray for you first. Lord Jesus, thank you. You're speaking to people heart to heart. You're calling us forwards. Lord, I'm praying for those people who are being called right now in a relationship with you. You're speaking to their hearts. You're moving in power in homes, Holy Spirit. Jesus, as we declare you as Lord and Savior, as we surrender our lives to you, I thank you we walk in your mighty power as we've just read. I thank you for your power touching down in people's lives right now as they surrender themselves to you. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.